Okay, hold on. Quick PSA before we start the show, because this is very important, all right? Okay. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy is leaving HBO Max on the 15th of August. Is it really already? If you haven't seen it yet, just don't. Okay, just don't. It's not very good. All right, just. But it might be better than the first one. Uh, I don't think not. it is, but it's probably not. Um, <laughs> I would contend that they're both not very good. But I am coming around to the idea that the first one has more charm. So, okay. fine. Hold on, I'll concede. <laughs> concede. I'll hand you over a, a ceremonial pistol to surrender. Like the good old days. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. What is this? Some sort of That One Movie Podcast? It, indeed it is oh. uh this is my first time recording from my new place so oh. good thing i can't see it because holden's webcam <laughs> isn't working through skype <laughs> yeah if we're even more uh if, if we're talking over each other even more than usual that's because we can't even see each other right or i can see jimmy i guess but he can't <coughs> see me little does he know i just turned my webcam off and said it wasn't working yeah, yeah. <laughs> little does he know that I don't mind. <laughs> uh, there's, a reason, epi- there's a reason it's audio only, folks. <laughs> we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of The Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, and uh, What If, Episode 1. <laughs> That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Yes, let's do the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, Holden, what do we got first? Got a couple trailers. Uh, first of all, even though last week you came up with a bunch of news that I had missed, you, we still didn't talk about the Venom 2 trailer, which had come out by the time we recorded last week. Um, yeah, there's a new Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer. Um, there's more, there's more carnage in it. Uh, what'd you, what'd you think of it? I think it doesn't look very good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If I'm going to be honest, I thought it was the, uh, banter between Eddie Brock and Venom seems to be really annoying and, and not very entertaining to me anyway from the trailer. So if that's the whole movie which the first one kind of was yikes <laughs> well like the first one that's something that a lot of people liked i'm not sh- i guess i haven't really seen it since it came out in theaters but a lot of people did like the banter between eddie and and venom 
but the writing here just seems a lot worse. It's like you usually put the funniest jokes in the trailer, or at least ones that will draw in your audience, and these jokes are not funny. Like, not any of them. So. <laughs> sees Carnage, and he's like, there's a red one. Someone should edit that so it's Clifford, the big red dog. He's <laughs> like, if you take him out, I'll let you eat everybody here. Really? <laughs> uh yeah, I just didn't think it was very funny. It just doesn't look very good to me. So, which is a a bummer because I was hoping Andy Circus was going to be able to, uh, you know, re- kind of make a a good Venom movie, turn this around. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm going to give it a Bombadil actually, but I I'm hoping maybe they say the best stuff for the actual movie, which That'd never happens. But here's, I mean, yeah, here's the hoping everyone's hope for this movie is that it'll be good because everyone likes carnage a lot i mean i think carnage is a really like it's a really cool character too um so i hope they do him justice i mean the design of carnage looks good it looks like his powers are pretty accurate and like i don't know i don't know woody harrelson he's a good actor we'll see if you know he's any good as cletus cassidy but I, I'm not. I don't think the trailer looks very good either. I'm gonna give it a uh, bombadil. As someone who's colorblind, <clears throat> I'm wondering if it's gonna be hard for me to differentiate between red carnage and black venom. Um, if it's like a darker situation, like I might <laughs> not be able to tell unless the design is very different or they really saturate the colors to an unrealistic level. But we'll see. In the co- in the comics, carnage is like a lot leaner. He's just kind of he's a lot skinnier. I don't I don't really get that vibe from the trailer, but I mean if they did that, I think that would help. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting cuz I I've got a thought about that, but uh, <laughs> it looks like they're going I, I don't know. Sometimes when when a VFX artist do CGI, they go for like an ultra realistic look and a lot of times that leads to more muted colors mm-hmm. and and sometimes uh, they don't do that and they go for a hyper realistic look and and that's why a lot of things can look off and a lot of times it comes down to the colors actually mm-hmm. and 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 you don't really realize that when you're watching it but it, that's what's going on it's like the colors aren't right so a lot of people the new clifford trailer it clifford's very red mm-hmm. and and i think that's a, a big reason why it's like well that's not natural if the red was a little bit more muted i, th- I think uh people wouldn't have been so up in arms even though i think the clifford trailer still had good cgi anyway that was a long tangent (laughs) Holden, what's another trailer we got this week i'm glad you cleared up the concept of color for the venom 2 trailer thank you um the next the second trailer we have is for midnight mass this is something i had forgot was coming out but it's a netflix horror mini series uh done by mike flanagan who is currently i think my favorite uh horror director he did The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, he directed and wrote that, and then he helped out with Bly Manor, and he did Doctor Sleep and uh, Oculus and a couple movies that I like a lot more that I'm completely blanking on right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's. I think he's a really great director, um, and so I made Jimmy watch this trailer. What would you think? I, it, I didn't, it didn't really do anything for me. I didn't really know what was going on which is i guess is a good thing but i haven't really i haven't seen any of his stuff so other than dr sleep which was very good mm-hmm. um so i think this will be a wait for the reviews sort of situation because i need to watch haunting of hill house anyway so i'll watch that 
and then when the reviews come out for this, I can watch this if it's good. So I'm going to give it a Bergeron. If you watch Haunting a Hill House, I might rewatch it, and then maybe we can review it because I kind of want to rewatch it. So, yeah, uh, I think the trailer looks interesting. Uh, the concept from what I was reading on Wikipedia sounds like the sky comes back um, after to a small town after having moved away, and at like the same time, this other priest moves to this uh, small town. And like miracles start happening and people start chalking it up to God and stuff and people start becoming more religious and then, but maybe these miracles aren't as good as they seem, something like that. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll wait give for the it, reviews. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron. Um, I, don't, I agree. There's not a whole lot to this trailer. It's very intriguing, but it's uh, there's not a whole lot there. It is also like a teaser trailer. It's it's a pretty short one itself. So we'll see. September 24th. Um, okay, on to the actual news now. Um, this came out of nowhere yesterday, and I, Scott Sutter wants credit for sending this to me. And I, I probably would have seen this anyway, but I, when he sent this to me via text, I was like, what? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, Idris Elba was cast as Knuckles the Echidna, the red one. Interesting. Um, this is very... I mean, like, Idris Elba, great actor, and we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more in our review later. Um, but he's, I don't know, his voice is so distinct and Knuckles, he has like a very, very deep voice and Knuckles is like this cute anthropomorphic animal. And I don't think he's really had that deep of a voice in the games before. And I, I believe the design for the character has been confirmed and it just doesn't look like a deep Idris Elba voice would fit it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing they're going for some sort of comical slant. Yeah, probably. In there. Um, so we get this, like, ultra-masculine version of Knuckles or something, <laughs> or over overcompensating. Yeah, maybe. Like <laughs> <clears throat> Which I'm not too, uh, you know, knowledgeable on the Sonic lore, but uh, <laughs> it does... Even if Sonic was voiced by Idris Elba, that would be weird. So that would be really weird. Knuckles, I, <laughs> smaller. Knuckles is smaller than Sonic, right? He's probably about the same. It's weird. So yeah, maybe if Shadow was voiced by Idris Elba, but yeah, I could see that. Idris Elba is just. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited. Like, I think Idris Elba has a fantastic voice, so I'm really interested to see what they do with it. But I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I hope you plug Zillow. Yeah, me too. Just like James Marsden (laughs) plugged Zillow in the other one. Uh, What do you give this casting, Jimmy? I'll give it a Bergeron. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron too. Uh, An update on the Gotham uh, series that is coming out for HBO Max. Uh, We have a working title for it. The working title is simply Arkham. Uh, and apparently the main story is going to be told from the perspective of a corrupt Gotham police officer. But that's... Which really one, all... am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's really all that's said about the, uh, the plot. So what do, you, what do you think about those developments? I don't know. I mean, I'll... 
I, I don't understand why everybody wants to make a, a police spinoff of the Batman universe. I mean, <clears throat> it could be good, but yeah. I don't know. I just, it also could just not. So very insightful. I said it could be good or it could not be good. That's what you're, that's what you listen to this podcast for. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Gotham police department in a lot of, uh, versions of Batman is, is corrupt. Yeah. Um, if it's told from the perspective of someone who is corrupt, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I suppose it makes some some sort of anti-hero. Yeah. Um, so maybe this corrupt officer is making deals with the Arkham inmates to do certain things, and I don't know. I mean, I guess it's more interesting that it's being told from the standpoint of a corrupt officer than, hey, I'm a I'm Jim Gordon and I'm a good officer. Yeah. Is I'm going to uncover the corrupt nature of the police department, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm going to be a jigsaw <laughs> ripoff killer. Um, so I'll give it a Bergeron again because I can see the potential. But if I'm going to be honest, I'd rather just have another Batman thing. Yeah, honestly, I I'm probably gonna give this a Bergeron. Oh, I apologize if you hear my cat meowing in the background. I don't have like <laughs> I don't have a Meow. desk in my in my room yet, so I'm out on the kitchen table, and he's a very loud cat. So you might just hear that in the background. And anyway. I will apologize if Holden starts meowing in the background <laughs> while I'm talking. Yes, yes, he um, does that a lot. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, Bergeron. We'll see. I mean, if it's if they're putting a lot of money into it, similar to what Marvel is doing with their series, maybe it could be good. I don't know. Wait and see. Uh, we got some new casting news for the newest John Wick film. Uh, adding to the already all-star cast, we now have Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, nice. Otherwise known as Mr. Krabs. <laughs> But uh, no, I I love Clancy Brown. I think he's like he's a phenomenal voice actor. That's how, uh, that's how I knew him first with you know Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. He voiced like Lex Luthor in the Justice League series. He does a lot of animation voice acting, but he's really good live action too. Um, he was a very good part of the Punisher series on Netflix. Um, I've I've never seen highlander but apparently he's very good in highlander oh and he's in uh shawshank that's right he's the prison guard in shawshank so yeah mm. um yeah i mean i'll give it a broca because that'll be it, that'll be interesting i wonder how large of a role it is john wick yeah. four do you think it'll be john wick forever i i don't know i hope not because we're already getting jackass forever and we've already had batman forever like i i feel like we need to end with this forever and shrek forever after why is batman forever named like they should have named batman and robin batman forever because that was the fourth one really missed out what the heck was batman and robin before batman forever no it wasn't but i'm saying batman and robin should have been called batman forever because oh, just, I see what you're saying. I one. see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, John uh, Clancy Brown, John Wick Four. I'm gonna give it a Brokaw. <laughs> yeah, I did too. So I'm excited to see him, and I like money. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Squidward. 
Uh, more casting news uh, for the new Wes Anderson movie. Would, not the French Dispatch, which hasn't come out yet, but the one he's already working on. Okay, Blake is up on the table now. I'm trying to make sure he doesn't step on the keyboard. <laughs> um, but the new the Wes one, Anderson The movie, one time something interesting happens, my your webcam isn't functioning. Yeah, I'd like right? to see what's... I would like to see you trying to do a podcast while this cat is just precariously walking along <laughs> your, your computer. Um, yeah, but anyway, new Wes Anderson movie. Uh, so you have a lot of the regulars from what, uh, like what, who are usually there. I think Francis McDormand is going to be in it. Uh, maybe Timothy Chalamet. Uh, but two newcomers are Margot Robbie and Tom Hanks. Wow. So a couple big names. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm most, I mean, Margot Robbie is, is, is cool, but I'm most surprised just by Tom Hanks. Cause I would have never thought of him being in a Wes Anderson movie, but I'm kind of interested to see how he fits into that dynamic. I mean, why not? I mean, how yeah. has it not happened? So yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's exciting. That makes me more interested in the Wes Anderson's Wes Anderson's next film. So I'll give that a Brokaw. I mean, two fantastic actors. Yeah. Brokaw. Uh, so you ever, I can't, I can't remember Jimmy. Have you seen Chronicle? Nope. I haven't okay. Seen Chronicle. Okay. Well, here's some news that won't affect you that much. The Chronicles but, uh, of Narnia. I've <laughs> seen those. I have. I've only seen the first one of those, but, um, Chronicle 2 is in the works, according to the producer of the original film, John Davis. Uh, it's going to be set 10 years after the first film, and it has also been about 10 years in real life, so that makes sense. Uh, and it's going to be apparently told from the female point of view. Not much else is known. So to me, it just sounds like Chronicle, but but female. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Chronicle was about what again? That was the... It, I think it was it a found footage. I think it was found footage, but it's like these teenage boys. It, then they they have superpowers or something. Yeah, they like find this weird spot in the like this cave, and then they give them powers or something. I, yeah, I remember this movie coming out. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, I was gonna say like twenty eleven ish. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember seeing the trailers for this. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I I watched it. I quite liked it a lot. That was actually one of Michael B. Jordan's first like big roles. Was in, he was one of the three main characters in that movie. Um, but that was directed by Josh Trank, who then made that really bad Fantastic Four movie, <laughs> and uh, and has not public- the Mandalorian. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was going to make that Boba Fett thing, and then he didn't rip. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Josh Trank is coming back <laughs> for this. I'm kind of interested. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions in Chronicle that would lead lend to a sequel. Well, uh, I don't think it necessarily needs one, but I won't say no to one. I guess. So, mm, I'll just I'll say Bergeron. I guess I'm going I guess Bergeron. I, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm not, I don't feel that strongly about it. And my last piece of news, Jimmy, is just uh, letting you know that next year, the Hunger Games prequel movie is going to start filming. <sighs> the Ballad of Songbirds, Songbirds and Snakes. And snakes. Yeah. Ooh, I pulled that one out of thin air. <laughs> By Suzanne Collins. When I still got it. Yeah. Um. So you you excited to see Hunger Games prequel? sure why not (laughs) i i do not i like i've read all the books and i've seen all the movies i think i've seen the first two a couple times but i do not remember anything about like the end of the series 
Well, spoilers for the Hunger Games, I guess. But I just, the the last one is so much different than the other two. Yeah, and I remember that. You you got Peta. He's all Peta. You got Peta. He's all uh, brainwashed by the capital people, and then they go get him out of the capital. But he's still kind of brainwashed, and then they overtake the capital and President Coin. The lady's just like, hey, "I'm the new president," and Katniss is like, "Wait a second, you're just <laughs> another person, just the, like the person we." We just deposed. That's right. So I'm gonna kill you in front of everybody. That's right. That um, it. I remember reading the book, and when she killed Coin, it was like so soon after she killed Snow that I didn't even realize it had happened. At least in the book. Did and she so kill I, Snow? Or no, no. Snow kills himself. I think. I can't remember. She's supposed to kill Snow, and yeah. she kills Coin, and then Snow starts laughing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Or something. Okay. I don't remember mind. what happens to Snow. Okay, so evidently, I just don't even remember what happens. So I like maybe this. We sound like, we sound like two old men trying to remember something. <laughs> I'm sure it's gr- very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Hunger Games prequel. Um, Bergeron. I mean, I'll watch it, I guess. You know, it could be good because it's an interesting world. So it would be, I'm because it takes place a couple hundred years before or whatever. And I'm there's a book, right? I think it's just like seventy or so because I think it follows snow. Okay, um, is there is a book though, right? This yeah, this there's has been there's written. a book. Is this a whole series or is it just one book? I think it's just one book, but I remember like <coughs> the Hunger Games like. I think it's Lionsgate who owns the rights. They had been talking about making other movies that aren't based on books, so this could be the start of something. But my problem is is that this franchise is not relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and was losing relevancy even when the movies were still coming out. By the, yeah. by the time the last movie came out, The Hunger Games was no longer relevant. Well, and that that book came out, and I know a couple people who've read it, but no one really talked about it. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That came well, out. I mean, last we're year, also not the age group to be reading true. it, I suppose. But true, true, true. Um, I will say, Hunger Games. I really the third book was okay. A lot of people just don't like it. I thought it was okay. Uh, I really liked the first two though, and I think the second one's the best one, honestly. Um, for teen dystopia and uh, that genre, I think they're uh, better than a lot of the stuff that's in there. It, it really revolutionized that genre because then everyone was trying to do it. I've never seen Divergent or any of that, but it just looks not as good. <laughs> so there we go. What are we? This move. This movie's coming out. I'll give it a Bergeron as well. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, else that we need to talk about? I don't. Rem- uh, I I tried to look for game news. I couldn't see really find anything. I don't think so. There. I mean, there's probably something huge that we're missing that I I haven't thought of it. Uh, Amazon teased that Lord of the Rings oh, series yeah. coming out next coming year. out like September next year. Yeah, it costs like it. half a billion dollars to make it. Just yeah. shy of half a billion dollars to make eight episodes, which is insane. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Um, so it better be good. <laughs> um, 
and I don't know. I there was a a tiny sneak peek of Stranger Things, I guess, season. Four. Oh yeah, there was. It didn't really show a lot. No. But, um, that's not so. coming out till next year. Kind of disappointed. So, yeah. Good thing I'm all caught up though. Yeah. Finally. Uh, yeah. I think that's all we got. Hold on. Should all we, right. Should we talk about spoilers for what if? Yeah. Going into what if episode one. Okay. So what if the new Marvel show on uh, Disney plus um, it f- is a like anthology series. Each episode is its own thing. And it kind of, the whole idea behind it is that, um, it's like, what if one thing in the MCU was slightly different? And then it's kind of like a butterfly effect on how that would change things in the future and, and that. Yeah. Um, it's all animated, uh, which is the fir- uh, first for the MCU. Um, We're in spoilers, Holden. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just I'm just talking about it. It's like the You're first just time. You're saying what it is. Why no? But People it's the first time we're. It it's the first time we're talking about it. I'm just. I'm. <laughs> I won't do this every if week. If they're listening to this, Holden, they already know what it is. Okay, fine. All right. Um. Yeah. So the first episode, it was uh, Captain Carter. Um. It was. This was probably the one that was like marketed the most, which I guess makes sense because it's the first episode. Um, because Disney's so woke and it's got a female, am I right? Older? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the one difference is it's just, uh, what if Peggy Carter got the serum instead of Steve Rogers? What um, if we could reference the two of them dancing at least nine or ten times in 30 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> I should have been the name of this episode. They do mention that a lot. What if we could take a home movie or miniseries and put it in like 30 minutes yeah and have it just zoom by (laughs) i think okay yeah i so obviously we're only one episode it so it's it's hard to say anything about the series as a whole but it does it does suffer from having to rush through everything and also just the fact that the writing isn't that great at least okay. in terms of dialogue. The not. animation is interesting. It looks like the Telltale games, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what else to compare it to. What do you what do you call that? Uh cell shaded. Is that what you call that? I don't want to mi- kinda yeah, I mean it, it looks like a variation of cell shading. Um but I mean very well animated, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is I, I don't think I've ever watched something that was faster paced in my life. <laughs> I I can't what like that thing zoomed. Yeah, because I mean, there's no room to stop because it basically just tells the story of Captain America, the first Avenger, but from like from this other alternate timeline, and so you have to fit this two-hour movie into thirty minutes, essentially. Incredibly fast paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. I thought it was really well done for what it was. Like, if someone gave you the assignment, hey, look, we need you to make a Captain Carter thing, 
as a twist on Captain America, the first Avenger, and you got to make it in 30 minutes and it's animated. I don't think you can really do better than this. But at the same time, I don't really care. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like it kind of felt like watching solo, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't like cool. This is, I mean, I comparatively, this is better than solo, I think. Uh, but like it's just like that was really well done i i get i mean it just it it just feels like a nice little add-on for people who want to see something like that who are really big fans but i don't know it's just something that's not gonna resonate with me long term there which is fine which is fine yeah there are people who like love the first Captain America movie. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Like I think it's I, I guess I haven't seen it in a few years, so I take this with a grain of salt, but I don't remember just like loving it. And so returning to this and just speed running through it and there are I mean there are some changes in everything, um, but it's just not the most interesting to me. I don't I think I'm kinda tired of like superheroes in world war ii and i think that's and i know this i mean there's not much you can do if you're like doing a variation on the captain america story but i I think i'm just kind of tired of it and that kind of led to me not enjoying this as much as i wish i had there was so much like winking and nodding too yeah oh i thought you were gonna pull my arm off That's pretty funny. Uh, or, you know, like, oh, you could be worse. You could be, like, parading around ten times a day and having to smile in front of people all the time. Yeah. Like I said. There is a lot of winking and nodding. I think the best, the like, the best, most well-done parts of that are, like, when they recreate shots from the movie. I think that's inter- I think that's okay because it's, like, well, this is the same. I mean same time period and everything so obviously captain carter is going to be doing some of the same things (laughs) and so when they recreate some of the iconic shots from that for from that first captain america movie i'm like that's good fan service i don't mind that but yeah when it's just like referencing it's kind of i don't know yeah and uh what was i gonna say captain carter was just like very effective just yeah mo killing machine <laughs> just a lot, murdered she's, yeah she's several a lot better people. at it than uh than steve is yeah <laughs> amazing uh and then steve just becomes iron man i guess yeah which i think is kind of cool i think that's i, I kind of wish that wasn't spoiled in the trailers because i would have been like whoa that's all i mean how i didn't start that so. oh yeah it was in the it was in the trailers but yeah Howard if i had Stark seen that was from- weird yeah so i don't know if that was like that seemed out of character from what i remember seeing him seeing of him in the mcu but there yeah a couple i think his voice performance he's just like trying too hard it's like he's really playing into being this like eccentric inventor playboy from the like the 40s and I think he's just playing it up too much. He should have, I mean, I voice acting is very different than real life acting, I understand, but I think he should have just tried to be more like, you know, how he played it because it's the same actor, it's Dominic Cooper. He should have just played it the same way he did in the movie. I thought he was just written weirdly. Yeah. Like he's just so much more like gung-ho in this than like the movies if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. But, yeah. Um 
Uh, what else can we say about what if? I mean, the Watcher, right? That's his name. Yeah, the Watcher did not Jeffrey Wright <laughs> just <laughs> spoke like two lines and that was it. So I I, I saw don't know a comparison. If we'll have more than that in the I, next episodes, but we'll see. I saw a comparison that I think is pretty apt, and it's, he's do, he does a good job of like doing a Rod Serling of with the Twilight Zone. It kind of feels like that. If you've ever watched old Twilight Zone and Rod Serling's the host, it feels like that, but for yeah, a Marvel show. But uh, I don't know. Uh, at least Rod Serling, he would actually like be in the episode. Like he would be there in the environment. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, like he's walking out smoking, <laughs> going, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I guess that's a true. left turn into hell. You know. <laughs> She thought she was just driving by and going to stop at the gas station. Little did she know that she turned into the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. (laughs) (laughs) I love the Twilight Zone. I do a lot, too. Fourth of July, New Year's marathons. Love them. Mm -hmm. Twilight Zone. Fantastic. There's something on the wing. Uh, But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I can see that, but he's literally just a... A bunch of clouds. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of s- space clouds. Yeah, I want to see a physical representation of him because, as, as I mentioned either last week or a couple weeks ago, like we have seen the Watchers physically in the MCU, it, it, even if it was just briefly. So, like, we should just we should just see him. We should see him talk. I don't know. I mean, if this turns out to be just one-off little side stories that have no impact on anything that's fine i just like i don't it they're fine yeah it seems like just like a little cartoon which if if that's what people want then they're gonna like it i don't really like little one-off cartoons not for me that doesn't mean it's not good just meant it wasn't really for me I think for me, I don't I don't mind so much if it's one-off. I just want more interesting stuff. And I think we are, because pretty much every other one that's been, like, revealed so far, I'm more intrigued by. I think this was the one that, going into What If, I was, I was already kind of like, uh... Well, nothing really changed. <laughs> yeah. It was just, like, instead of it being Captain America, or instead of it being Steve Rogers, it was Peggy Carter. And they're very and similar people. And so for it didn't some really reason, change. She fights a big squid monster that wasn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. It looked like the thing on the Hydra logo. Yeah, I think that's what it was going for. But I thought that was a metaphor, Holden. <laughs> so confused. Why don't they have an actual Hydra? Yeah, as their just logo, a, a skull with like tendrils. Yeah, more like octopus. Yeah. Okay. Hail octopus. <laughs> Hail octopus. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. I struggle to find too much to say about it. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just it's fine. That's kind of my thought on it. Um, I did like the bit where she saved Bucky from falling off the train. Whoa! But, I thought you were gonna take my arm off there. Yeah. <laughs> wink, um, wink, wink. Anything wink, else, Holden? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
Except I'm, right. I'm interested. I know that critics got the first three episodes already, but I've refrained from reading anything about them because I kind of want to be surprised as to what's next week. So I'm excited to see what's next week. All right. Now let's talk about. We need the... to give it a rating. We don't have to give it a rating. It's a cart- <laughs> We're going to give it a rating. What's your rating, um, I'll give it a six and a half. I'll give it a seven. There All you right. go. Are you happy? Yep, I'm happy. Good. I'm glad you're happy, Holden. Now let's talk about the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, Jimmy. Uh, the J- Ohio State University. <laughs> um, James Gunn's newest superhero film, this time in the DC Universe, a sequel slash soft reboot of The Suicide Squad, my very proclaimed least favorite movie of all time. I did rewatch it and prep for this movie, and I still hate it with <laughs> like every inch of my being. So I'm glad that hasn't changed. Wow. Um,. But The Suicide Squad. Um, I've seen it twice already, actually. Um, I saw it on HBO Max for the first time with my parents. And then I was like, oh, I want to go support this movie in theaters. So I went with one of my friends when I was back in Lincoln and we saw it. Um, I absolutely loved it, Jimmy. I I am a huge fan of this movie. And I was really skeptical going in because it was still like a suicide squad film um but i i loved this movie a lot what do you think i thought this movie was great but it was not as good as i wanted it to, as i thought it was going to be cuz i came in with really high expectations oh okay and i i think a lot of my issues come around with pacing and not and usually pacing means a movie feels too long this movie did not feel too long it was engaging throughout i just Mm -hmm. thought it had a lot of moments where it lost momentum oh i agree Uh, yeah and and that's probably my biggest i think it's like james gunn's biggest weakness as a as a writer honestly because i think he it's the same thing in the guardians movies too where he like he he does something and he's building up to a moment and then he just like pulls the rug out from underneath it And, and and something a lot of times in Guardians that's like a joke, and in this movie it's mainly like cutting back and forth between different narratives. It's um, like when in uh, Stranger Things season two, when it goes up until like the last episode and it ends on a cliffhanger, and then you all of a sudden go meet Eleven and her her gang of friends in the other city or whatever. Yeah, it's weird because you would. I mean, <clears throat> so Christopher Nolan has had some meh films lately but i think like what he does really well is he will intercut between scenes that are happening simultaneously and for example the the climax of the dark knight you have several big events going on at once racing towards the climax and, and the same thing happens at the quiet place part two and then the second mm-hmm. half there's a whole bunch of st- different storylines coming together at once and it's intercutting between them this movie there's none of that it's all just like let's hang out with this narrative 
for 15 minutes and then let's go back and hang out with this other side plot that's going on for 15 minutes and i just think it by doing that not that that's necessarily a wrong approach because i think it could work i but i think for me in this movie it's just just like every it was just like i was keep getting reset 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 and that's why (coughs) excuse me i think i will enjoy this movie more upon a second viewing much like i did with guardians 2 which Mm -hmm. i liked a lot better the second time i watched it um i think for similar reasons just because it's like oh we're building something and now i need to tell a joke or now let's just go somewhere else and um for me that uh that was my biggest complaint with this movie um i also just thought it was really hokey at times with like the emotional development of characters i like it was just like corny and and like overly like whimsical or something it's just this i don't know i i wasn't a big i it felt very like generic to me in terms of some of the character development uh also, Idris Elba's character is just blatantly supposed to be dead shot, but just isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I think that's absolutely hilarious because, like, I you've been I've been reading a lot of stuff since its release, and I mean, I remember like when this movie was first announced and when he was first like cast, like everyone just thought he was going to be recast dead shot. And I think that's initially what he was going to be. But apparently DC execs made him a different character in case Will Smith wanted to come back for a future movie. So if he ever does, then we're just going to have two of the same characters essentially running around. And I think Idris Elba did do it better. Oh, yeah. I think he's a better actor in general. I think, yeah, Bloodsport, um, I think, is just a more fun character i i think his his like gimmick is more interesting i like his costume a lot i like his weird mask i think looks really cool it kind of looks like a xenomorph from aliens it does without, yeah. like the big head um i would see i what? thought Bloodsport was not very interesting well it was yeah. just deadshot and it's like it was such a generic character um i'm not gonna dive into spoilers obviously but it's like Oh, I've got this like a strange relationship with my daughter, and I need to like prove myself that I'm good for her and do something for her. And I'm like, I've seen this a million times, and it's not compelling. I don't think I don't think his character, like in terms of motivation, (laughs) is that interesting. But I just like I like his dynamic with the rest of the team, and I like his like gimmick. Like I said, I like his weird guns. I think are cool. Which that's kind of his thing, and then they were like, all the Suicide Squad characters are super unique, and they all bring something different to the table. Even though he and Peacemaker were the identical, <laughs> like they were just the same character. I mean, like I mean, not the same character, but the same superpower, I guess. Yeah, they were identical in terms of how they took out enemies. So, yeah. um, I just yeah, I just thought like the that character wasn't compelling. And the different losses of momentum were my two big gripes with this movie. Um, And just some of the weird kind of simple character development that takes place that I've seen a million times that just didn't seem very inspired. Um, That would be my critique of it. And I was just hoping for more, I guess. I think I would have 
because I still really like this movie. I think it's a really great movie. It's got a ton of personality. Um, I think I I just wish it would have come out. <laughs> I wish the other movie didn't exist because the idea for the suicide, <laughs> well, yeah. the idea for Suicide Squad is is great. I mean, the idea of taking a bunch of super villains or people in jail who have powers and just putting them as cannon fodder to do these covert missions um, with this just horrible person, Amanda Waller, in charge of them is such a great idea. And to have that idea kind of tarnished by the first one makes it the novelty of that idea not, you know, not mm-hmm. present in this film. It's like, I've, okay, I'm used to that idea already. So I, that's, uh, there's there's no like novelty of that. Watching you mentioned this. Amanda. You mentioned Amanda Waller, who just briefly. There's four returning actors in this movie. There's Harley Quinn, Rick Flag, Amanda Waller, and Captain Boomerang are the four returning actors. Um, I I loved Amanda Waller in this movie. Like this is how you write that character. Yeah, she Amanda, was great. Yeah, Amanda Waller in the comics is just this foreboding, intimidating individual. One of the few people to, like, back Batman into a corner and genuinely intimidate him. Like, she's just this no-nonsense individual who will do anything to get what she wants or to succeed her in her goals. Um, And I just, I mean, there is one particular instance of that towards the beginning of the movie that I'm like, yeah, this is exactly like an Amanda Waller thing. And Viola Davis is great as the character. Um, But I think that's a character that's really improved. I think Harley Quinn, I mean, she's, she's still very good. I mean, I thought she was still pretty good in Birds of Prey too. Uh, So that's not, it's not like her improvement is anything really new. She's just better than she was in the first Suicide Squad. (laughs) Because she's really pretty. I, I, some people think she's the one redeeming part of that movie, and I do not think so. I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't like Harley Quinn as a character, or at least not how she's been portrayed. Because I'm, I don't, I don't hate Harley Quinn as a character, but I don't love Harley Quinn as a character. So, I don't know. I, I think Margot Robbie plays that representation of her very well but i just i don't love the character i liked her i liked her a lot in this movie aside from the aforementioned like what it lends to the pacing um but i thought her performance was good i thought her writing was pretty good i do like the character i think i think what kind of makes this a weaker version of the character is just how like abrupt i guess her development has been because they like wrote the joker out of the series like that's something that usually in most representations like she gets some more development and like becomes more independent but they're just kind of like nah joker's not here anymore so i do i like i think the harley quinn tv show is a lot a lot better version of her but i still enjoy her um i will say though uh my favorite sequence of the movie has is is harley quinn yeah I, and i know character, exactly so. what you're talking about it's my favorite part too um so that's that's what i'll say about that um but uh other things I, about this movie i he <coughs> excuse me i he does some creative transitions which is mm-hmm. fun i haven't seen anything like that before i'm sure it's been done but not 
at not the same way. Well, yeah. There's so some I very... like that little James Gunn twist of where he uses the environment to kind of instead of having a, a subtitle, he'll use environmental effects as mm-hmm. the subtitle. So like, yeah. There's some uh, without there's spoiling some... anything. There's some interesting camera stuff in this movie, too, and I just, the entire time I was watching it, I'm like, this is like what M. Night tried to do with Old, except it just works better here, because <laughs> James Gunn has, like, an intention for it, and it's not just trying new things for the sake of trying new things. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other things. We got Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. Was an interesting character. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You have Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very good. Good comedic character. James Gunn's good at writing very large comedic sided characters. Um, yeah. <laughs> he is, I mean, he's basically like an R-rated Groot, but I think that's, and a more, I guess, violent uh, Groot, but I quite enjoy that. Yeah. So wh- what did you love about this movie, Olden? Um, okay. First of all, um, I do love how just like nothing is sacred. Like no one is safe in this movie. And that kind of stays true aside from like, you don't really think Harley Quinn's going to die. I disagree because I I guess I won't get into spoilers, but I just, I disagree with that. That's it. I don't don't know. I think like there's really... there's there is like a telegraph death or two but i think for the most part it's it just kind of i think aside from harley quinn who i never really had any worry that she was gonna die because she's like a main character um it's it, it kept me on my toes a little bit i liked it a lot i also i thought 90 percent of the jokes landed for me there were a couple kind of cringy ones, and I think that's the same in, like, Guardians, but those two, this and Guardians, I think are way more consistent in their comedic writing than a lot of other superhero movies. Um, I And so I just thought that was great. Um, I think the whole intro of this movie is, is awesome. Obviously, I won't get into that without spoilers. Um... Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of sequences in this movie I like that I can't talk about in non-spoilers. Um, I think the score is pretty good. I don't think it's like fantastic, but there's a couple pieces in it that I like quite a bit. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie. I really the I think really for me the only problem I have is like some is the pacing issue that you have as well. I don't even mind Bloodsport being like the same as Deadshot because I think that's kind of funny. And I think the movie there's a there's a line or two in the movie where they're like self aware about it. So I like whatever. Yeah, I I thought it was a really good film, and it mm-hmm. does. It's got James Gunn written all over it, which is a good thing. It was entertaining throughout, despite its runtime, which I didn't feel at all. Um, it has great standout sequences. Um, but yeah, I think it's just held back by some generic characters, which, to be fair, there's some great characters in this too. 
but when your main character is just a, a prototype that we've seen a million times or a, a stereotype we've seen a million times in films that that lost it for me and from that point um and then and then the pacing issues uh but other than that i uh, there's so much good in this movie that um it's definitely worth seeing if you like superhero movies um <laughs> also there was like a 10 year old at the showing i was at <laughs> I, at least one um, the showing i went to when i went and saw it in theaters we were actually me and my friend were the only ones in the theater which by the way disappointing this movie is not doing very well at the box office which, which is, is there was a good showing at the theater when i went which okay. I, I saw this in theaters. I did not watch it on HBO Max. I, was I guess I did go on like a Monday night. But yeah, there's there was no one else in the theater. But there was like a huge crowd of kids outside. And I went in like I had gone out to use the restroom. And then I went back into the theater. I'm like, I swear to God, these kids better not come in here just because their parents didn't know it was an R-rated movie. <laughs> they didn't. Um, I bet they went and saw Space Jam. <laughs> gotta see it before august 15th anyway um i will say uh, there was more like physical comedy in this than his other movies Mm -hmm. which i liked there's there's a couple moments in particular that i'm like yeah that was that was really funny that was those were ones that got me laughing the most um whereas like the more like dialogue jokes weren't as funny in my opinion i don't really remember any I thought it was going to be funnier than it was, in my opinion. I think it's... uh, See, honestly, I think it's pretty funny until... I think the last half hour is kind of, like, barren of some jokes. But I uh, up until that point, I thought it was a pretty funny movie. King Shark was funny. Yeah. There There were a few comical moments between that, but... I don't remember a lot of the jokes, but again, having having I think Vin I'll, Diesel voice Groot and having Sylvester Stallone voice King Shark is like the same. <laughs> it's like the same energy. <laughs> it's very it, just very similar. I don't know. I think Sylvester Stallone's a better actor. Oh, I yeah, I do. I think that too. But it's about time he joins Fast and Furious. <laughs> I did. There was a moment where I was like, you know what? John Cena should be in the Fast and the Furious movies. And then I realized he was literally <laughs> just in F9. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, I, this is a good I movie. Guess, this is the, the best movie you can go see in the theater right now. So. I, I didn't really mention John Cena. I think he's, I think he's really good in this movie. I'm he kinda, was having a good time. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite role. That he, I mean, he's not like a great actor by any means, but he does a pretty good job with this. He's just he's, excellent. he's having fun. Um, so I'm excited for that Peacemaker series we're getting or whatever. He seems to really be liking it because he wears that costume everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> wears it in interviews. It's funny. Um, yeah, and James Gunn is like gray, super gray now, which is weird. Yeah looking looking gray old. he's like a, he's an old man mm-hmm. which is which is crazy but uh he doesn't he doesn't write movies like an old man that's for sure that's true um otherwise hold on should we give our ratings here and then dive into spoilers yeah um so i'm gonna make the bold claim that i think this is the best dc movie since the dark knight and yes that includes the dark knight rises i think it's better than the dark knight rises okay 
I I always forget like what people think of that movie. I have I haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises in a while, but this is my yeah. I definitely think this is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. Um, I'm gonna go nine out of ten. Yeah, I think it is better than Shazam. I think it's better than Wonder Woman. I think it's better than the Snyder Cut. What else do we have? There's um, not a lot to choose from. I guess there's not a ton, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'll go with that, too. I'm going to go... 8.5 out of 10. Jeez. You wouldn't get that from the review. You're being very negative on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there is really good stuff. I, I was thinking 8, but I think I really will enjoy this movie more watching it again. And, and the, the stuff it brings to it. And I think people... Who, which, if you never saw the first Suicide Squad, now you're you're not going to, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, people who see this as their first Suicide Squad movie, I think it'll even heighten the experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it is a really good movie. It just I think my expectations were so high that when a lot of that generic stuff came in, I was disappointed. But yeah, so uh, Joe really liked it too. I went with Joe. So that's good. Joe was like, wow, I love that. I didn't really expect anything. It's like, <laughs> okay, Joe. I'm glad you liked it. It was also just storming. Uh, it was downpouring. It was like flash bulbs going off in the sky. Jeez. And it was like, it was a major thunderstorm. So it, we were, <laughs> usually we do the whole awkward stand outside the theater, talk about the movie for a little bit. But it was like, oh my gosh, uh, well, see you later, Joe. Because it was like, <laughs> looked like it was about to hail on us. Um which is a unique experience, but uh, yeah, Holden, let's let's dive into spoilers for the Suicide Squad. Spoilers for the Suicide Squad. Um, Chekhov's smaller bullet. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov's smaller bullet. Um, I wanted to I wanted to just start at the beginning actually with that with the intro. Um I kinda okay, so based on like the fact that there were so many people cast in this movie, there's just a ridiculous amount. I had kind of expected something like this, I guess. Like they were somehow gonna have to kill off a bunch of characters because there was no way they were gonna be able to balance everyone. <coughs> yeah, so um, here's you okay, so you said that you thought anybody could go at any time. Yeah. I disagree with that because everybody who died in this movie died in like the first 10 minutes and then nobody died until Rick Flagg died, I guess. But that wasn't like super surprising because it was kind of building up to that with Peacemaker. So I just was like, I was disappointed by that because I was like, I, it wasn't that nothing that unexpected was happening. See, I mean, I it was a little surprised when, like, Pete Davidson gets shot in, like, the first. But I'm like, okay, I guess it was just a little cameo. And also, they're <laughs> going to flash back. So, he is going to be in the movie a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, see, I I guess Rick Flag, I wasn't expecting, really. Um, I felt like the beginning of... I, I guess I didn't really expect, like, everyone to die at the beginning of the movie who did die. Like, everyone except for Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg dies at the beginning. Um, 
and so that was especially Captain Boomerang like that was surprising he's a character that came back from the past uh, it's one that people who like Suicide Squad people liked Captain Boomerang in that movie and he just gets torn to shreds by helicopter blade <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it happens right away, so it's not, it's not like you're getting invested in this character and then they die. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like anyone can go. Yeah, but you like anyone can go, but it wasn't at any moment. So like I did, you said that you felt that the whole movie. I didn't feel that at all the whole movie because everybody just died at the beginning and then nobody died until the very end. You know, so it's like there wasn't that tension for me. That's what I'm trying to say. And I was expecting there to be like, and that was one I of my things where, it. what's that? I still felt it. Why though? But nobody died. <laughs> I mean, they just killed off the people who were just cameoing at the beginning, but what they didn't kill off any of the characters you actually got invested See, in See, but I until feel the, the, end of the, the movie. point of that intro though, is to get you to feel that way. And so I feel like peop, some people, including myself, like that intro is all you need to feel that way. See, I think it would have been more effective if they didn't do the whole time shift thing. So they, they do that, and then it's like three days beforehand, and then they introduce all the characters who are going to die. But it's like, I already know they're going to die, so it's not as interesting. Whereas if they do that three days before stuff, you get to that point, and all of a sudden, Pete da- oh my gosh, Pete Davidson died. We just spent you know a few minutes getting to know his character a little bit. And he dies like from the very beginning I don't of the think you I don't think you're remembering this movie correctly because Pete Davidson in the flashback is there for like two seconds I know but I'm saying if we do that where we actually like form the squad they're talking about the squad here's all the people that do different things and the, and they actually have like a little character moment and then people start dying it's like oh I didn't expect that and then it happens throughout the film I'm just saying it all happens at once and then nothing happens for two hours and then people die again I don't know. It worked so I didn't for me, feel and I thought it. I it worked for me, and I thought that scene was not only effective at setting up that mood, but it also was just hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was a great scene. I don't think yeah. it achieved what you said it achieved. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Like if you like if he wanted us to feel that way, I don't think that was a very effective way to do it. But if you wanted to just create a cool scene or a bunch of the suicide to establish that the suicide squad is expendable that was really effective which i think he was trying to do i just like with the people who saying anybody could have gone at any moment i disagree because it didn't happen in the movie like it just didn't happen so i just disagree with that all right jimmy so fight me holden i think i, I make I a very good argument you. here um yeah um so i like that whole intro sequence i think the <laughs> okay so one of the things that I do I'm not really holding this against the movie but I kind of wish they continued with it a little bit more throughout the movie is the whole like people in the task force X office because I think they really play with that like people they're like they're kind of incompetent like they they're good at what they're doing but they're not flawless like the whole thing with weasel where no one checked that he could swim weasel was hilarious like every time they just showed him (laughs) That was part of that physical comedy. That was yeah. Like, Weasel's hilarious, and the like, uh, them them not knowing that you know Bloodsport is afraid of rats or whatever. Like I kind of wish they had played more into that a, a little because like the people in the office are there for like the first third pretty regularly, and then they're just not there. Then it's not until they betray Amanda Waller at the end. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, yeah, 
I agree with that. But again, you'd be you'd be risking that loss of momentum thing. True. Again. And and again, James Gunn doesn't seem to really want to intercut at all in this movie. It's like, no, yeah. we're going to go to this storyline and we're going to stay there. And then we're going to go to this storyline. We're not going to mix them. He just seems dead set on that. I loved and, I loved them betting on who was going to die and live. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um but what was I going to say now? Yeah, the some of the physical comedy like uh when uh I forgot TDK, the arm fall off guy. <laughs> when he's getting shot and his so arms funny. are just flying and then like other <laughs> on the other side he's like writhing around. I thought that was just hilarious. Everything with the weasel Nathan Fillion. Yeah, weasels <laughs> just great. I'm like we're getting a peacemaker series. I'm like we need a weasel series. Well, do you think <laughs> so Weasel's alive at the end and then yeah. I'm like, is he in the Peacemaker series? And then I'm like, that would be very expensive to have a whole CGI character yeah, in I the doubt Peacemaker it. series. But when uh, Pete Davidson freaks out because he's like, Yo, I'm sitting next to a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's agreed to do this. <laughs> he just seems not present. <laughs> and then they're like, is he even dangerous? Well, he's kid killed like 27 kids or something. <laughs> Just like, what is this thing? And why is it in prison? Why is it, like, should it be in a zoo? Or I don't know. It was just very funny. Very um, funny. I I kind of like, on one hand, I wish they had kept him around longer. But at the same time, I think killing him off like they did right away was just so perfect. <laughs> it was funny that he couldn't swim. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do wish there was more weasel in this movie because I thought he was hilarious. Um... um I did know the like the like the bouncy ball guy that they introduced at the beginning. I'm like, this guy's just dead immediately. Yeah. Like, he's going to be the introduction of this is how the Suicide Squad works. He's kind of... Yeah. I don't know why I just thought of this comparison, but it's like the beginning of The Hunt from last year when we yeah, start with, is, a com- yeah. with like a completely different character and then they just get killed. Does The Hunt do that a couple times? Yeah, The Hunt, you like jump... A- between a few people before you get to the main character yeah um yeah i just i think you yeah i don't know on one hand i do like the fact that he just focused in on the characters <coughs> excuse me but on the other hand i would have loved some other like side characters joining along who did die throughout mm-hmm. so it was like oh my gosh anybody could go in any moment what did you what did you think of rat catcher rat catcher uh was good it makes she made me think that james gunn has played a, a plague tale innocence yeah. <laughs> uh. i just that that powered me at, like when i had first heard that's i thought rat catcher was just a name and i didn't think she actually controlled rats but then when she controls rats i'm like well that's cool i guess but then i'm like well that's actually like a really cool power because there's just rats everywhere so yeah, there's a lot of rats in big cities yeah um the little rat Sebastian was pretty cute. I like yeah. I liked his uh, him trying to form a relationship with uh, Bloodsport. Blood that was yeah. a good good bit that they were doing. I uh, <coughs> uh, Ratcatcher. I thought her emotional beats probably worked the best, and I I didn't think it's like anything too like it, like it's nothing too big. But I was kind of like I don't know. I thought the whole Taika Waititi scene was really cheesy and bad. 
it took me out of the movie. It was just like, oh, I'm your father, and you just gotta be whatever he said, his like little life advice, and then he's just like kicking his legs off. And, you know, I just I was like, okay, this is supposed to be a big emotional moment, but it just seems so basic. It just know, seemed really it. basic in terms of the themes and, and that. That's what I would say about this movie. Like, the themes just felt very basic. Like, be nice to each other. To have, you know, the, the King Shark needs a friend. We need to be friendly to him, you know. I I didn't I didn't love the, the whole bit with King Shark and the, the monster fish guys. That was one yeah, scene that, that really kinda... killed the moment. Like, literally absolutely murdered the momentum of the third yeah, act. It was me. pretty unnecessary. Um and I mean I I think like I was already kinda iffy on the scene where like Rat Catcher befriends him because it was kinda I mean I thought it was funny that he tries to eat her, but that whole scene I was kinda like, eh it just kinda seems like this emotional beat they need to hit. Um but no, I think that scene with the fish is is worse. I thought it doesn't the, really have any good payoff either. I thought the friendship between Ratcatcher two, Ratcatcher two, and King Shark worked better than a lot of the other things in the film. I think it worked better than Ratcatcher and her dad. Um, I don't one, know. I I don't know. One of the funny bits I thought was when what's his name gets killed, and they're like, well, "There's a." Merlin on our team or something? What was yeah. the guy's name? Um, what was it? It did start with an M. Marvin? Marvin or something? Yeah, They're just like, who is Marvin? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I did whole- like how Polka Dot Man was just like very <laughs> unstable. <laughs> and he's just kind of like lame i mean he's like his powers are very powerful but like every single time he like says anything or does anything he's just like way less extravagant than the rest of the group he's just gonna like that scene at the end where they all turn around to go fight starro and he just kind of starts power walking or whatever like starts jogging a little bit it's funny i do like the whole uh the whole thing with he just sees his mom yeah i thought that was it was very interesting and it was such a it was like the whole character is just kind of like what the heck is this guy and it just added to that more he's just vomiting polka dots yeah uh have we we talked about everybody we still haven't talked that much about peacemaker his whole bit of just like i love peace and i'll kill as many people (laughs) as i need to to more to maintain it i thought that was really funny I, I think one of the jokes that I, doesn't necessarily read as a joke in the in the movie, but I kind of thought it was, was like when they're going to rescue Harley and Harley's already like killed everyone in the building. And so Peacemaker's like up, like sniping into the window. And the only pr- he's yeah. like, he's only the only person he sees is like this one like lady doing some laundry or something. He's like, I got my eyes on the only person I see. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a joke yeah well yeah there was it was a joke but like everyone who i saw it with didn't laugh at it so i was like maybe i'm the only one who saw that um yeah i uh, speaking of harley the the her action sequence i thought was the best scene of the movie it was super well choreographed oh yeah 
is awesome and it's it was full of i mean my favorite r-rated <coughs> fight scenes like that are the ones that just make you go ooh, ow and there's a bunch of like my my favorite one is when she stabs the guy in the foot with the javelin <laughs> and like pole vaults over him and then like cuts his head off i was like oh yeah that's funny um and it was margot robbie actually was able to do all the gymnastics required to free herself from her lock so she's actually the one uh like picking up the keys and pulling them and unlocking it in in the same shot yeah which is pretty impressive uh, yeah because i could not do that um Um, but that scene was the standout sequence for me of, of the movie i did also really like the scene where they're like infiltrating the camp to rescue rick flag yeah and and it's like blood sport and peacemaker and they're trying to show each other up i just like i don't i don't necessarily like the competition aspect of it but i think some of the kills they do are really funny (laughs) yeah and the way the camera worked that was another good sequence and then of course it's all like a joke yeah um works pretty well i think i think that was another standout moment that that joke is it's not something i saw coming i was like that's really funny (laughs) um what was i gonna say uh we haven't even talked about starro yet yeah which i liked starro i wish they would have played into starro more they didn't really develop starro at all other than what starro was capable of but in terms of like uh, you know, Starro's perspective. They were they, they were just like, you oh, Starro's been tortured for the last thirty years by the thinker. Yeah. I mean I I think the design is really fun. I think the way that they got this giant starfish monster to walk around, it kind of makes it seem silly. It it kind of lends to the silliness of the movie. I mean it's definitely like a foreboding giant presence that they need to defeat. But it's just kind of the way it moves. It just seems like a, a silly, silly character. And I like that. It's not just a generic big monster or, or sky beam. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting how, like, all the little starfish that attach to people's heads, they're dead. Like, they don't, yeah. it's not like they fall off and they come back to life. It's no, they just died. Well, and I, I saw somewhere someone bring up the point that they didn't love that because in the, I think in the comics you can remove them, but it kind of just makes it so then there's no moral quandary about killing the people. So it kind of makes the fight less interesting, but I don't know. I don't mind too much. Oh, I see. Like when they're fighting them off, they're shooting the people. Yeah. I was wondering that during the movie. And then when the people were just like, Oh no, they're, they're not going to come back to life. So yeah, you gotta just fight him off. Um, but. yeah, and I honestly, I thought, I thought the what did you think of that? Like when Rick Flag and Peacemaker are fighting, and it's like shot in the reflection of Peacemaker's cap. Do you remember <laughs> that? Uh, yeah, I do. I I was thinking about. I wonder how they did this. I'm guessing they. I was when I was watching. I was like, I wonder how they did it. Yeah, and I think what they did was they shot. My guess would be they shot the fight with three sixty camera, and then the whole scene with Peacemaker's helmet is CG, or at least his helmet is. And then they 
or some aspects of it, and then they they mapped the 360 camera onto the helmet and matched the movement. Yeah, I, I could see that. But I thought that was pretty cool, and I honestly, I, I don't, I don't think that scene as as you know exciting as the Harley one, but I think that whole <laughs> fight is still pretty well choreographed. Yeah, and I mean that is one of those like so a lot of the themes are very basic. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that one was like, you know, what is the more patriotic thing to do? Yeah. Defend your country at all costs or to expose the truth in order to make your country better. You know, which, I mean, has been played a lot as well. But it was fairly effectively done here. And I, you know, you know, I... I Rick Flag was probably one of my least favorite parts of the first Suicide Squad because he's just kind of there, but I kind of liked him in this movie. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't like crying when he died, but I was a little I was a little upset. I thought he was great in this movie. I don't really remember other than the name. I was like, oh, Rick Flag. That he must have been the first one because I remember the name. Yeah, uh, I don't remember him in the first movie at all. I really don't remember the first movie at all. Um, I don't hate it like you do. <laughs> thought it was not good but i wasn't expecting it to be good because i never did like the trail everybody loved that one trailer i was like that looks dumb see i don't i don't even know why i had expectations for it because i don't even remember liking the trailer that much but um you know release the error cut or whatever <laughs> i saw something when i was searching for news this week that apparently someone said that the Re, like the studio like the audience reactions that they showed the or the test audience reactions between the air cut and the studio cut were like the same so that's probably not that much different we I, david air said that only like four people have even seen his cut of the movie so oh maybe i don't know and then he's like i'm never gonna speak about it again <laughs> and i'm like that's fine with me yeah i don't i don't care um yeah, uh, let's see. Other things to talk about in this film. Um, I think we've you know. Well, I mean, I guess I guess we didn't really mention like the the pacing killer that we kept alluding to a lot is just the whole Harley Quinn side quest. Well, I think it's like everything. I mean, they just like the 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 insistence of James Gunn not to intercut led to a lot of momentum killing things yeah like even after the opening scene it's just like all right now let's go back in time Mm -hmm. and especially at the third act I mean like you have peacemakers about to shoot Ratcatcher and then it cuts away and then it has the whole uh, King Shark thing where he's going around with the little fish monsters I'm like why did we do this um, but yeah, the Harley Quinn thing also did slow it down. I wasn't super interested in the whole Far Cry politics of the island. No, I wasn't. Either. It did feel like a Far Cry game. You're right, <laughs> or Just Cause. Or yeah. Something. Um. Yeah, I didn't love that whole side the, quest. That Harley the only had. character that the island had was that they hate Americans. That's the only thing that that government had. They didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't interesting beyond that. And there were just evil dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say. I mean, I was kind of surprised when 
Harley Quinn killed the guy. I was like, oh, okay. But that was like the most interesting part about those characters was the yeah. death. And then they didn't kill her. Like, they yeah, just, like, <laughs> like not up. they didn't just shoot her on sight. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with her or whatever? Or they're like, they wanted information from her, I guess, or something. But okay. Um, yeah. I think I think we've pretty much covered everything that yeah. I thought of covering. Went pretty in depth with this one. Yeah. So the Suicide Squad. It's a good one. We liked it. Holden liked it more. Yeah. Uh, but, Go see uh, it. It's spoilers, so they've seen it, Holden. <laughs> Go see it again. Go see it again. HBO Max. Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, what am I doing? Um, Like I said, moved into a new place. I think I mentioned that last week, but now I'm actually living here now. I'm currently alone. Uh, my roommate is on a road trip. <laughs> All so. by myself. <laughs> No, I'm I'm having a good time. I'm able to like set up all my stuff and get some stuff done without being bothered by anyone aside from the cat. Who the cat is sitting on my lap right now. He came and curled up like 20 minutes ago. It was pretty cute. Um, but anyway, I did watch some stuff this week. Uh, two of the things I watched was I watched the first two Fear Street movies. Uh, on Netflix? Yeah, those, that Netflix trilogy that was like came out in like conse- three consecutive weeks, I believe. Um, I watched the first one two nights ago, and I watched the second one last night. They're okay. Um, I kind of, I think my hopes were a little higher. Um, I think the concept behind them is kind of interesting, but I think like everything being set in different time periods because the first one's like set in 1994 the second one's 1976 i think the setting isn't doesn't really lead to anything much more than like surface level it's kind of like the 76 one is trying to be a, a camp slasher movie it's it's very and then the 94 one plays into some 90s horror tropes um i don't know it just didn't really add anything I'm. I mean, I'm gonna watch the third one because I mean, there's there's still somewhat interesting. There's some cool kills in it because they're all slasher movies. Um, but it's not anything super interesting. I wouldn't necessarily recommend everyone go out and drop what they're doing and watch it. Um, and then, uh, like I watched Suicide Squad twice. Oh, I started. Just came out like two nights ago. I started Reservation Dogs. I don't know if you've seen anything about that. Um, new FX series that is written, was well, created, and then at least some of the first season is written and directed by Taika Waititi. Um, but it's about this group of teenagers on a, a reservation in Oklahoma, and they kind of have this little gang going. But then some more kids move there, and there's another gang that's kind of their rival. And it's all like it's gangs quote-unquote but it's like funny because they're just like four teenagers who do like petty thievery and they're not very good at it and it's i mean it's 
it all seems pretty low stakes, but it's kind of funny because all the characters are pretty entertaining. I, I there are only two episodes out so far, but I'm quite enjoying it. I'll I'll keep watching it week to week. Um, what else? I don't know. I well, while you're thinking, well, then I can explain myself here. Okay. Okay. I finished a Plague Tale Innocence just oh, okay. in time to watch the Suicide Squad. Plague Tale Innocence too. <laughs> Perfect the Suicide timing. Squad. Uh, very good game. Yeah, solid time. Uh, yeah, recommend it to anybody. It's free everywhere. You know, it's yeah, a P- PS much. Plus game. I think it's free. It's on Game Pass. I think so. And now it's like free on the Epic Game Store. So if you oh. haven't played this game, you're just trying not to at this point. <laughs> at least owning it. Um, yeah, might as well grab it on whatever platform you have. Uh. That was that was good. Uh, otherwise, I I've been just started rewatching the first season of True Detective on HBO because mm. I watched it in high school. I watched a lot of it before I went to bed, uh, so I don't remember a ton of it. Um, and it's very very good, and now I'm really watching it more intentionally. So uh, very good. Uh, and uh, lastly. Uh, and didn't feel I have my allergies have really acted up lately um, normal like I used to have really bad allergies in middle school seasonal mm-hmm. and they would just be bad for like a week or two weeks of the year and uh, in terms of like it's, you know, uh, you normally like it's like just sneezing and, and that sort of stuff but when it's really bad it's mostly like my sinuses get really congested Sure. Like clear snot. That's how I can tell. And then my throat gets really dry and itchy and it just zaps all my energy. Like I'm not capable of doing anything uh, when it when it acts up. And and they I thought I'd pretty much grown out of it. But the last two days I've just been like, oh, my gosh, got hit by a ton of bricks with my allergies. Um, <laughs> so if I sound a little under the weather, that's been what's been keeping me back. But I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm I'm. Go, I'm getting better, so that's good. Uh, hopefully, it'll go away soon. Um, but in the meantime, when I couldn't move, I got into a wormhole, a rabbit hole, but I should call it a wormhole of just watching Neil deGrasse Tyson videos on YouTube. <laughs> so now I'm an expert on astrophysics. Oh, there you go. Uh, very interesting. Highly recommend uh, just looking up Neil deGrasse Tyson and just watching a million million videos from him or featuring him i watched his hot ones episode i watched his episode of star talk where he interviews stephen hawking uh watched some of his interviews with larry king learned a lot about the multiverse and uh you know th- threats to the earth and whether or not we should be colonizing mars and all of these other theories and and how if there are dimensions above our own and how can we access them and are we even able of comp even able to comprehend them um and just his different thoughts and a lot of these these things and how like how different parts of the universe could just like not exist and how there is a like what is beyond the universe nothing how do we comprehend nothing you know all these questions and all these theories really very interesting so i highly recommend it other than that okay. gotten back into playing fifa i relapsed 
Oh God. So I just do the courier mode though. I don't do all the microtransaction garbage. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. I'm above that. Holden. (laughs) Come on. All right. Um, You do anything else? I realized I did uh, beat Wolfenstein, the old blood, which I had mentioned. I started (coughs) last week. It's a short game. So I tried to beat it before I left home. Um, I beat the Psychonauts VR game, which I had bought when I was home two times ago. Um, Psychonauts 2 comes out in like a few weeks. So kind of excited for that. I might have to buy it. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. I've just been playing some Spider-Man pretty much. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. All right, Holden, take us home. All right, so next week... Not only do we have a new what if episode, but we've got Free Guy. Um, so yeah, and uh, two weeks is reminiscence. Maybe I don't know. I don't really remember. <laughs> I didn't look ahead, so I'm gonna tentatively say it's the new Hugh Jackman film, Reminiscence. Um, well, good thing we have another week before then. So maybe Free maybe Guy. I'll, maybe I'll remember and I'll be able to reminisce on this. Nice. Um, yeah. So if you want to leave us a request, though, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, or you can uh, send us an email at tauntpodcast at gmail.com, or you can donate to our Patreon. Yeah, leave us a request. Um, but that's pretty much it, Jimmy. Sweet. Adios, pantalones. Love you.